Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Detoxing from worry. They make anything out of that message last week. There's some great reports. Um, and I was ready to go for this weekend. And, and, uh, but we're going to push that off until next weekend. Talking about detoxing from, from bitterness. From bitterness. If you've ever been bitter in a situation, you don't need to raise your hand. Um, maybe, maybe you said, that's no, not me. Well, one day you will find yourself there. And I believe that the principles we're going to discover in God's Word tomorrow, next week, that that will help you, but this morning I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to take us a different direction. And, and uh, so there won't be anything on the screen for you, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts is a book of the New Testament, and it comes right after uh, the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that narrate the life of Jesus Christ. Talk about all the incredible miracles He did. And... Uh, one of the things he said to his disciples, he said, hey, uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to die on the cross, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, the helper. And so it's actually to your advantage that I go away, Jesus told his followers. It's to your advantage that I go away, because if I do, then you're going to have the Holy Spirit. He's the one that intimately lives and dwells inside of us. And uh, so Jesus said this. Well, the book of Acts then records the acts of the disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit working through them. And so it moves from these narratives about Jesus' life and uh, the miracles he did into what the disciples or the apostles did and how the Holy Spirit worked in them, was so powerful in them. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, we actually see what's known as the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to read you Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it reads this way, it says... This is right after Peter, uh, one of the apostles, gets up and preaches this amazing message. And he's still in the middle of preaching this message. And this is what he says. And he quotes from an Old Testament book. And Joel, he says, And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Do I have any humans in this place this morning? Okay, a few of you. All right. This is the way it says. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all humanity. That's you. That's me. That's not just pastors. And that's, it's all human. I'm going to pour out my spirit. It says that your, your sons and your daughters will, will prophesy. That's a, that's, a, that's a biblical term, the word prophesy. Sometimes it means a foretelling of something that's to come. Uh, other times it's literally taking the word of God and publicly declaring it. But this is going to take place, that your sons and your daughters will publicly declare the gospel, the word of Jesus. Or they may begin to foretell of things that are to come. And so they're your sons and your daughters. And for clarification, humanity, that's you. Sons and daughters, humanity, that's you. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on male and female servants in those days. Don't you love that? Come on, all the ladies said amen. 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 We believe that God uses both. We believe that God uses men and women in the kingdom of God here at Canvas Church. And that's why my pastor Joe preached last week. And it was done in such a great way to edify and build up the church. And, and so here it is in scripture to see that. And in the last days, he's not going to make a distinction. He's going to pour out his spirit upon both. Amen. 
In those days they will prophesy. I will display, now listen to this verse 19, I will display wonders in the heaven above. But it's not just going to be the heaven above, it's signs on the earth below. I will display wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And what, what a powerful set of scriptures. And I just believe that God directed me this way this morning, even as we were singing this song, that, that he's making all things new. And you might be sitting here this morning, and, and as you're here and you're singing that song, that you're thinking, you know what, I really do need God to make something new in my life. I need him to renew my faith. I need him to renew my courage. I need him to renew my strength. I, I need him to renew my marriage. I need him to renew my hope for a child that doesn't know Jesus yet. I just need him to renew my walk with him, because it feels like it's kind of stale, it's kind of stagnant, and, and so we're reading this passage, and a couple of things we need to know right off the bat, if, if Peter is preaching this then, which was a long time ago, and he says, hey, this is what's going to happen in, in the last days, and then he goes on to say, hey, guess what, the last days is now, and this is exactly what's taking place, and so if the last days was then a long time ago, you've got to know that, the, that, that we're approaching the end even more now, right? That the last days are still right now, which tells us this, that he's still in the process of pouring out his spirit upon all humanity. Amen. He's still in the process of pouring out his spirit upon his sons and his daughters. And, and when he does that, something powerful begins to happen. And so if he's saying that the last days are then and, and they must be now. And so what of? What of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What about these believers, these sons, these daughters, humanity, beginning to, to do what 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, the, the gifts of the Spirit, that someone will prophesy, and others will get a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom, and, and these things are going to happen. Are you with me? Okay? It, it's, not, it's not if we do something, He might pour out His Spirit. It's not if we, we do something and yay, we get it. No, he's pouring out his spirit whether we do anything or not. Are you with me? He's pouring out, it's prophetically declared in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters. And some of them are going to grasp hold of it and they're going to begin to do what 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, flowing in the gifts of the spirit. What of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What of the, the believers function this way? And what of these signs and these wonders happening here on earth. I don't, I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your theology is. But when I read the Bible, I have to believe that if the last days were then and it was happening then, then surely we're closer to the end now. And why not now? Are you with me? And see, I believe with all my heart that as a church, we should not just be preaching the word and we should not just be hearing the word, but we should literally be obeying the word and putting the word into practice. Right? That it's not just enough for those of us that are on this journey of faith to come and, and pastor preach and, and I'll hear. But, but we have to begin to walk outside the walls of this church and begin to say, okay, where, where I'm at in my journey, what does that look like? I, I can obey the amount of the word I know. But not only that, we've got to begin to step out in faith and practice what, what the Bible says. Amen. And we see that it, it, he's pouring out his spirit. He's pouring out his spirit. And I believe it is when he begins to pour out his spirit that what we're singing here in this song truly begins to happen. That he begins to make all things new. Amen. Aren't you glad that the song doesn't sing, I am making all things new? Right? The church is making all things new. Pastor's making all things new. No, he and he alone is making all things new. Amen. He's doing it. Which then is awesome because we realize that the responsibility isn't on us, but it's on him. All we have to do is get our perspective right. 
All we have to do is get our perception right and realize that, guess what? He's making all things new. But, but yet, as we, we, we see this, there is something. There is something that, that we as Christians do. There is something. And that's why we've been going even through this series entitled Detox. And we talked about detoxing from, 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 from religion. We talked about detoxing from relationships that are negative influences in our life. And last week we talked about detoxing from worry. Why do we want to do those things? Because even though he's the one that makes all things new, there is something that, that we are responsible for as Christians, as Christ followers, in order to position ourselves for the right things. Are you with me? So that's why we, we're doing this series even talking about, hey, there's some barriers He's pouring out his spirit. But pastor, I don't feel it. I know there's some barriers and we're going to work on that. And so this idea of coming to church and, and reading the scriptures and then walking out saying, okay, I'm just going to obey what I know to obey. And you do that. Guess what you're doing? You're positioning yourself for him to pour himself out. You're positioning yourself for him to pour himself out. I don't know about you, but I... I want that. I want that. So thinking through this, it's, it's taking place. It's pouring out of spirit. What's my responsibility? What's my responsibility? Just two thoughts for you this morning. The first one is this is we have to make ourselves available. We have to make ourselves available. He's pouring out his spirit. He's doing the work. What do we have to make ourselves available? That's why I believe the Bible says this in Philippians 2.12. It's this. Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and he writes and he says, hey guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to obey now even more in my absence, just as when I was there. And in obeying, what is he saying to obey? He's saying obey the word that was taught. I'm not there to observe it, but when I'm not there to observe, I want you to go ahead and do it. Let's, let's, let's paraphrase that for today. I don't want you just to come into church and hear, obey the word, but even more so in the absence of all the other believers as you're going about life and you're working and you're going to school and you're hanging out. I want you to make sure that you're obeying the word of God. And then he goes on to say this, in so doing, what you're doing is you're working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now make no mistake that, that you are not working towards salvation. You're not working yourself into salvation. Salvation is already yours. Jesus paid the price on the cross. But what he's saying is he's saying, hey, I want you to obey the amount of the word you've known that you've been taught. And so obeying that, you are literally working out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, that, that you're taking the knowledge you have of the Word of God and you are obeying that. You are daily applying that. There's not this pursuit to be a superstar Christian. There's not this pursuit to be some superstar leader. I just want to be a barista and love Jesus. Awesome. I just want to be a business person and love Jesus. I just want to be a student and love Jesus. Good. That's all He wants for you. But sometimes I think that we can take these thoughts and these verses and say that i got to work really hard to prove my salvation. No, you can't prove your salvation. What you do is you see, okay, here's the word I know. I'm going to obey that and obey the word I know. Guess what? My salvation is getting worked out. But by doing that, what you're doing is you're positioning yourself for when God begins to pour out His Spirit. Now, there's one thing I don't know. I don't know if it's a continual pouring out. I don't know if he turned on the faucet back in Acts chapter 2 and it's continually running. 
Yeah, or if it's like it's set on a sprinkler irrigation timer and it just comes 15 minutes a day, three days a week. <coughs> but what I do know is if I, if I position myself and I keep myself positioned when it comes, I'm going to get wet. Come on, somebody. Anybody get wet walking in this morning? Yeah? People clearly don't like to drive in the rain, right? Or walking in. We're San Diegans. We melt in the rain. But we can position ourselves. The other thing I think we need to do is not just position ourselves, or excuse me, make ourselves available as a first thought. The other one is we need to position ourselves. And 2 Timothy 2.21 talks about this. It talks about how we need to not only make ourselves available, but we, we, we need to position ourselves in purity. Well, Pastor, I thought we can't make ourselves pure. We can't. But 2 Timothy 2.21 talks about this idea that we'd be vessels of honor, sanctified and set apart for the master's good and perfect use. We can't do anything to purify ourselves, but once we're purified by his grace, we can keep ourselves from the dirt. Are you with me? Simple thing called choices. But I believe with all my heart that if we position ourselves and, 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 and we keep ourselves from impurity, when the outpouring comes, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Why do we want the outpouring of the spirit? What does this mean? And honestly, what does that mean? Like, I, what, what is it tangible? That's what it means when, when, when I believe when I read about the outpouring of the spirit. It means that God gets intimately involved in your affairs. Amen? It's not mystical. It's very practical. When it says, hey, I'm going to pour out my spirit, what's that mean? It means God's going to come, be with his people, Holy Spirit living inside of us, and he's going to get intimately involved in the details of our life. I want that. I want that. Does anybody else want that? I want that for my marriage. I want that for my children. I want that for this church. I, I want that in every area of my life. God, would you be intimately involved? And then I, I don't know, though, if it's a faucet or if it comes and goes, but... Let me, just, let me just talk to you this way. Maybe this will help explain it. Because there's nothing we can do to demand the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing we can do to demand that God do something in our lives. We can just make ourselves available and position ourselves appropriately. T today as you came in, you saw a bunch of rain, right? Been a couple weeks since we've seen that. But over the summer, I mean, it's been hot, people, Right? Has it not been hot? I don't know if God's just like, hey, this is what hell's going to feel like to go to church. But... It's been hot. So, you know, at our, our house, we get to notice the milks. We got about four or five lawns in our place that we got to take care of. We get this, this thing that says, hey, you've got to restrict your watering to eight minutes once a day, three days a week. I'm like, okay, but we're law-abiding people. Plus, we don't want to get fined. That's really what it is. To be honest with you. I like a green lawn. I just don't like the fines. And so we do what it says to do. And we, you know, minimize our watering. And, and uh, man, one of the lawns started to turn really brown. Really brown. In fact, several of them did. And then just in the parts, man, there's some green patch. Anybody have a lawn like that right now? You know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? Okay. Stay with me. Maybe this analogy won't work. I don't know. And it's just brown. But yet, I'm, I'm watering it. I'm just restricted on how much I can water it. Still mowing it, still tending it, doing what I'm supposed to do to care for the lawn, but yet, it looks like the lawn is dying a little bit. 
And it's like, well, but I'm doing everything I can to keep it alive. I'm doing whatever I can, but then, you know, these parameters, I'm watering it three times, I'm mowing it. You know, a couple of times you might have saw me praying over it. Come on, somebody. This thing, brown lawns are ugly. And so one day a gardener came by and said, can you look at my lawn? Like, I think, I think it's dead. And he comes, he goes, no, no, it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Once, once the rains start to come, it'll be okay. I'm like, all right. So I just keep tending it. I keep mowing it. I keep watering it like I'm supposed to. Believing that it's not dead, even though it looks dead. And a couple weeks ago when that rain came, remember those rains? Those rains, those rains came. Man, the outpouring of heavens came down upon that lawn. And within two days, like, it's alive. It's green. By day three, it was like, it was like growing taller. And I'm just like, wow. That's awesome. And God spoke to me. Because there are some of you sitting here today that you need God to make something new in your life. It feels or looks like it's dead. It looks brown. It looks dry. You even, you would even say that, Pastor, I've been coming to church. Pastor, I've been reading scripture. Pastor, I've been, I've been praying. I've been doing all these things. But when I look at it, uh, you know, it just looks brown. Good, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You are not responsible for the growth. You are not responsible for the green. You are responsible to water three times a week, eight minutes a day. You are responsible to make sure it's manicured and cut. But until God decides to open up himself and pour out his spirit in that area of your life, on that circumstance, on that thing, listen, you have no control over that. You've just got to position yourself and make yourself available. And see, most of us miss this in the Christian walk. Most of us think that, man, when I'm, when I'm going through this season where, man, I'm just not connecting with God. I need to read more. I need to pray more. I need to do more. God's like, no. You're not responsible for that. You're just responsible to keep it cut. You're just responsible to keep it watered within the restrictions. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Could have I watered that lawn 40 minutes a day, seven days a week? Yes. But guess what? Someone would have came along and noticed and whacked me with a big five. Can I tell you something? Could you grind it out and pray more? Could you grind it out and attend church more? Could you grind it out and read your, your word more? Yes, you absolutely could. But let me tell you something. There'll be a cost. Because you think it's now on you, not on him. Pretty soon you'll get burnt out. Pretty soon you'll feel like that God doesn't even care. What you set out in good goodness and of your heart thinking, I just need to do more of this, ends up in bitterness and resentment and tiredness, thinking that God doesn't care about me. Where's God at? God's not asking that of us. Are you with me this morning? Here's what he's asking of you. The word that you know, live that. Just live that. And in doing that, then you're going to you're just going to keep moving forward. You'll keep that thing trimmed. You'll keep that thing, the water, the best of your ability. But there is coming a day and there is coming a moment when I'm going to open up the windows of heaven over your life and pour out my spirit. And if you are positioned and if you are available within moments, within seconds, within days, you're going to see God begin to do something in your life. It looked dead at one moment. It looked brown at one moment. And all of a sudden, God shows up and everything begins to change. He's the one that makes things new. 
He's the one that said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And when I begin to pour out my spirit, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The supernatural is going to begin to take place. There'll be signs in the heavenlies. There'll be signs on the earth. Not only that, you're going to begin to speak my word with boldness. Not only that, you're going to begin to see your marriage begin to come stronger. You're going to see financial provision begin to flow. You're going to see more joy in your overall life. You're going to begin to see God doing something that only he can do. All you have to do is keep yourself positioned and keep yourself empty. So when he pours out, there's somebody with me this morning. I believe that with all my heart that right now there is somebody here or somebody's here. I believe it. That he wants to make something new in your life. Listen, he wants to make something new in your life. He's not coming to you today saying, I want you to make something new in your life. He's saying, no, 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 son, daughter, I'm going to make it new in your life. Just keep it bold. Keep yourself positioned. Man, be ready. Be ready because I'm going to make something new in your life. Are you with me this morning? He wants to make things new in your life. He wants to make things new in your life. Are you with me today? I believe that. Do me a favor. Just close your eyes for a moment because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to touch somebody here. See, we're not just a church that preaches and hears and then leaves. We're a church that believes in practicing the Word of God so that when you walk out of here, you know what this thing looks like. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.